Hello, Podicumans, and welcome to another episode of the Podicesis Podcast, a podcast about what Christians believe and why it matters. I'm Brett Maddox, and once again, we're joined by your very best friends, Alan Kaysen and Jim Morrow. Now, Alan, Alan, this is a special time for you. I think we're all uh, fans of the University of Georgia Bulldogs, but this is a special time for Alan Kaysen because he is a graduate of the University of Georgia. So, Alan, I heard a rumor that after the Georgia Bulldogs won the national championship that you ran through Metter with nothing but your underwear on shouting, Go dogs! Is that true? Honestly, um, I was in such a euphoric state, I can't remember. Um, <laughs> now, um, I will confess to shedding a tear. Yes. Um, but uh, that might have to deal with some kind of commandment. I'm not sure um, that I shed a tear over a football team, but uh, <laughs> go dogs, go well, dogs. That, that statue of Uga is not golden, so I think you're fine. I think okay, there fine. we go. There we go. <laughs> Jim, how are you doing, man? Man, I'm fantastic. I'm still trying to sleep off that late kickoff, man. Come on. Eight football. o'clock is ridiculous. Come Listen, on, let's get it together. How? Well, by the way, how how old do we sound right now? Oh. But I tried to go to sleep, but I couldn't. I couldn't. <laughs> it was fantastic. But well, to all of my Alabama friends, you know, we still love you. <laughs> <laughs> and we're not really that sorry. No, not at all. Not 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 whatsoever. I did turn- um considering the late kickoff, I did my 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 cheers at the end did wake up my uh, oldest son which I was thankful for because he got to celebrate with me. Awesome. Uh, and, uh, but yeah, uh, it was a good time. Good time to be a good time to be a dog. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. Wolf. That's so fun. That's so fun. Um, this has been a great year to be a Georgia sports fan with the Atlanta Braves winning the, uh, the world championship and then the national championship coming to the university of Georgia. Um, who would have thunk it, man? Who would have You'll have to it? correct me. I think we have some um, soccer listeners uh, on our podcast as well. Uh, I think Atlanta United uh, kicked it off as well. A couple so, of years ago, I think they broke the curse. So um, we, have to, we have to give a shout out to our soccer, uh, soccer fans. Oh, yeah. Yes, absolutely. Well, welcome to the Pot of Sports podcast. My name is Jim, and these are my co-hosts. That's right. That's right. Um, it's good to be with you all. Uh, as always, hit us up on social media, at Potakesis is where you can find us. You can also leave us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcast. Now, hey, I want to do. I want to mention this. Did y'all know we hit a, um, we hit a, uh, we hit a, we hit a milestone on the ratings? We hit you 40. Hit it? Are, are we Okay. Yeah, we're fine, and oh, the milestone okay. is fine too. Okay, um, but uh, we hit forty-one, which means um, we, you know, a long time ago, um, in a in a podcast far, far away, we did uh, we said that we would kind of start telling some stories if we hit Ooh. certain milestones, and I was going to start off with a story about um, the time that um, I may or may not have been part of an exorcism. Yeah, Ooh. such such a fun story. May, I'm going to save that to the end of the episode, though. So may or we, may not have. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Was oh. it just like gas or something? I mean, was it? <laughs> <You'll have> to, <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Welcome to your illustrious Wesleyan catechetical podcast. That's exactly right. Um, at the end of the episode, I'm going to tell that story. Okay, all right. Um, I can't it's, wait. It's, it's, I can't it's wait. Fun. It's kind of fun. So I don't think um, I can uh, do the rest of the episode. I'm just so I'm anticipating it so the much. The anticipation is there, right? Killing um, me. <laughs> um, in our last episode, we did the commandment on not killing, no killing, and um, I want to give a shout out to um, a super fan of the show, Brian Litch, who called me and we had a discussion about that episode and um you know he um brian is a um he's a vet he is um he was in the navy for um a number of years and he's friends with vets and has had a wonderful ministry uh with military folks because of his connection there and so he called me to talk about how much he appreciated the the episode and um you know one of the things that we talked about on the episode was that there is a discussion within theological circles whether or not there is a difference between murder and just killing in general. And, uh, you know, for, for some people, particularly those who see nothing wrong with the defense of a nation or defense of a community or the defense of a home um, in taking a life, um, that there is no, uh, they don't see like a biblical injunction against those, uh, and against those. Even John Wesley would have talked about a, um, that the state would have a place in, 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 that, in that area, um, as opposed to those who are more pacifistic. Um, is that the word? More pacifist in there. Yeah, that, it's yeah. not really a word, but but I'm just making things up as I go. Along. Made up pieces world is not a word either. So, well, that's okay. true. That's true. But um, but Brian was just bringing up kind of um, discussions he had been having with folks, particularly in the military, um, who um, deal with trauma, if you will, um, yeah. who remember the first person in a military action that they killed. Um, I, I know dealing with military folks at um, the church I serve, I, um, I have definitely had those conversations as well. Here's the deal on all that. Wherever you fall in that kind of spectrum, whether you're more pacifist or whether you're not a pacifist, Jim actually said something in that episode that I think was most helpful and actually Brian thought was most helpful, and that is no matter where you fall on it, Killing is not to be celebrated whatsoever. It's never a good thing. And so um, even in the most, quote-unquote, justifiable means, that doesn't mean it's a good thing or that it's to be celebrated. And, Jim, I think your word there was important, and I think Brian agreed that it was an important word as well. So um, I'm I'm hoping that I'm, I'm quoting you or at least giving you right attribution on that. As well, that's great. You know, uh, in that topic, there's a book I just read called "Resurrecting Wounds" by Shelley Rambo, and um, in the book, uh, Rambo talks about the basically the meditating on the importance of Jesus appearing with his wounds post resurrection and how that matters. There's an entire it's a it's a trauma informed reading of the resurrection is what the whole book is about. It is phenomenal. There is a whole section on recovering from trauma as a military veteran. I would recommend, I'd recommend the book, period. But uh, it, this conversation really reminded me of that. And so, Brian or Brad, if anybody, you are spending some time in love and ministry with people who are living in the after, after living of their service and it's struggling, I think that'd be a good read for you just to be able to um, 
you know, learn a little bit, uh, yeah. pray a little bit, have a little bit deeper connection. Um, I, I appreciate that. I'm going to put that in the show notes. And show notes. Show notes. So uh, we haven't done that in a long time. So anyway, um, the um, one of the last things that Brian said that he was that was with that episode was we left a lot of meat on the bone. That was his quote. We left a lot of meat on the bone, and that's true with any of our episodes, whether we go 45 minutes or an hour and a half. So these these topics we talk about are so deep and rich um, that. Anything we do, we're not going to. We're just scratching the surface. So um, there is a lot of meat left on that bone. And for those of you who are listening to these episodes on the Ten Commandments or any of our episodes, please look at this as a primer for further study uh, uh, for you. Yeah. So, like one of the things that I'm about to do, I'm about to do a confirmation class at my church, and yeah. I'm actually going to be offering them, uh, going to be um, sharing links of our podcast with them uh that coincide with the topic that we're talking about uh that sunday and so um so the same you know so like i hope that our listeners are yeah they're listening to us but then they're going somewhere else deeper uh with the knowledge mm. whether it's through links in our show notes or or um, um books and so forth so yeah we are just we're just scratching the surface and i just want to say that um brian love you buddy um, is one of our Alabama fans, and I just want to say, uh, oh, go dogs. Irony. Wow, wow, wow. Former fan Brian Litch. Um, <laughs> love you, buddy. Miss you, man. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and for the rest of our podicumens out there, if you would like to get involved in these discussions, you can do so. The best way to do it is through our voicemail, 404-635-6679 is that number. And you can always call and leave a message and just uh, let us know what you think about any of these episodes. Episodes. All right, well, we need to get started with the commandment that we were going to be dealing with in this episode, and that is the Eighth Commandment. We're almost done with the Ten Commandments. The Eighth Commandment is where we are today, and uh, I guess the question is, uh, what is the Eighth Commandment? Hmm, curious. Well, hmm, the Eighth Commandment is, you shall not steal. Ouch. Well, there it is. All right. All right, guys, check this out. <clears throat> I was 13 years old. <laughs> <laughs> it was the Dollar General in the St. Mary's Walmart Plaza. I probably shouldn't have said all of that because the FBI is listening. <laughs> is do you remember limitations out? Uh, do you remember Pogs? Yes. Okay, this is an old school thing. They're basically cardboard circles. It's a stupid little game, but you collected them. I stuffed a couple Pogs in my pocket at the Dollar General. I walked out the door. And I was so guilt-ridden that I turned around and snuck them back in. I stole and reverse stolen the same day. That's what nice. a shame. Did you play with the pogs before you returned them? No, man. Uh, no. Uh, well, then that's good. That's good. Then That's good. Yeah. All right. You shall All right. not steal. You shall not. You shall not steal, steal pogs. All right, so we're going to uh, 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 move on and and look at some of these other uh, <laughs> questions. I don't know why. We're gonna move on from Pog. Thanks, Jim, for that little story, antidote. Yeah, but, uh, I don't know where that... That's a great personal story, Jim. But yeah, no. we're, we're moving on. Move on. <laughs> <laughs> Glad you're part of the show, Mister Morrow. <laughs> All right, so why uh, am I muted? Why am I muted? <laughs> so what is required in the eighth commandment, Alan? <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm still laughing. Um, <laughs> the eighth commandment requires the lawful procuring 
and furthering the wealth and outward estate of ourselves and others. Ah, uh, lawful. Oh. Lawful. Interesting. Lawful. Interesting. Lawful. All right. We're going to look at some uh, scripture text here in a minute. By the way, the scripture text for that you shall not steal is Exodus 20:15. So, um, uh, and then what is then forbidden in the eighth commandment? The eighth commandment forbids whatsoever does or may unjustly hinder our own or our neighbor's wealth or outward estate. Okay. All right. Unjustly hinder. So kind of the two words here are lawful procuring um, for what is required and for what is forbidden, unjustly hinder. So I think those are kind of the key pieces mm-hmm. to this. And there's so, there's another interesting key piece among these that I'm sure we'll talk about is um, it has to do with your neighbor's mm-hmm. wealth or estate and your mm-hmm. wealth or estate. There's an interesting term here that we need to remember kind of biblically, wealth, not meaning anything more than what you need for bare survival or what you use for your survival. Mm. It's not so much like the the catechism's talking about Bill Gates level wealth or um, Jeff Bezos rocket style wealth. Right. Um, <clears throat> yeah. No. All right. Awesome. Yeah. No, I, I yeah. Awesome. So uh, we're one of the first pieces of moving on. Gonna, yeah, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> Not going to live that now. All right, so uh, we're going to first look at Deuteronomy 22, verses 1 through 4, and um, I'm going to bring that to you. And here we go. Um, If you see your fellow Israelite's ox or sheep straying, do not ignore it, but be sure to take it back to its owner. If they do not live near you, or if you do not know who owns it, take it home with you and keep it until they come looking for it. Then give it back. Do the same if you find their donkey or cloak or anything else they have lost. Do not ignore it. If you see your fellow Israelites' donkey or ox fallen on the road, do not ignore it. Help the owner get to its feet. So it is interesting here that um, this idea of not ignoring an issue. So just because you see, you know, in Israelite culture during the ancient Israelite culture during this day, um, if you would have seen a donkey or an ox or whatever, you know, out and about, just because it's not in their pen doesn't mean it's free game for you, right? So you can't just say, oh, finders keepers. That's not a thing. So you have to return it or keep it at your place until the owner comes looking for it or whatever. So this is a piece of thinking about your neighbor more than you are thinking about so what you're telling me is that i need to return all the cows that i've seen out of their fence (laughs) yes yes, that are now in my backyard i've got to return those or house them in your backyard until your neighbor comes looking for their cows okay all right yeah yeah. Yeah. i wanted listen i'm telling you living in south georgia man i can't tell you how many times i've had to pull off the side of the road and like try to call somebody say hey your cow's out out the yep. fence. Yeah, um, that's, that's a, a normal real thing, thing, man. That's, that's a, real a real normal thing. thing. Yep. And before and before everybody goes, oh man, that's so that's so country. Uh, how much beef do you eat, and where does it come from? Yeah. Boom, <laughs> boom. That is I absolutely just, true. That is absolutely true. Uh, see how many steaks have I provided just by? Uh, <laughs> that's right. That's, yeah. You yeah. know, in that Deuteronomy passage, there's another portion of that that makes this. I think when the this do not steal is deeper than just don't take stuff. Right. If you see your neighbors ox straining or sheep straining you mm-hmm. are to assist it as if yeah. you are to to like care for your neighbor's things right instead of ignoring them so by mm-hmm. like if you see your neighbor's sheep about to die on the side of the road 
by not doing anything about it, you're harming your neighbor. And according to the way the catechism is putting things together, that's a theft. Mm. Yeah. So what you're telling me, Brett, is that in the ancient Israelite culture, they would have ox and donkeys. Yes. That would be like the Tesla and the Mercedes. So yeah. So <laughs> yes. Yes. So I was just thinking about that. So if we see someone who struck like has a flat tire, are we to pull over and help you make sure they at least offer assistance to them? Or if we see someone struggling, um, you know, yeah, I think there's there's something about this that says we need to start thinking about our neighbor more than what we tend to do right. instead in of this, driving by and going, oh, that's just too bad. And in this case, it's, it's talking about the care of their property. Yes. There's, there's a lot of personal responsibility talk in there, but the Bible gives us a little bit more personal responsibility than sometimes people are comfortable with. Yes, yes. What if you, what if you, what if you are walking on the road from Jericho to Jerusalem and you see a man who'd been beaten by robbers? You should help him out, too. That's what the Mm -hmm. parable of the Good Samaritan says. Mm -hmm. But at any rate, moving on. Oh, I thought you were telling (laughs) – I thought you were telling your own story. Oh, yeah, Jesus. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I love love what the catechism not only – it's not only do not do something. Oh, I love it. It's the – what is required. That that whole piece is – you know, we've talked about this several times throughout these episodes on the commandments, but – it's a, it's not a, just don't do this, but here's what you're supposed to do. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that's important for us to remember. I love it. And, and it's a reminder that the Christian religion is not a, just a bunch of rules about what you can't do. Sorry, Footloose and Kevin Bacon. It's not just about not dancing. Um, dancing Thank you. Whatever. I get that reference, by the way. Thank you. David Dance. Yeah, that's an yeah, 80s well, movie. Of course, Brett would. I so. get that. Now the music. The <laughs> but, but there is, in my head. I mean, there's that common perception that Christianity is just a bunch of rules given by the Sky Fairy or whatever for those who are outside of the faith. But really, it's about pointing us towards something. And really neat, Alan, to point out, the catechism helps us do that. The commandments themselves are not just about what you're not supposed to do, but they're pointing you to the kind of people to be. Well, and it's it's also an act. It's, our faith is an active faith, mm. not not that again, not that we're work we we do anything for our salvation, but once we are saved, so to speak, and we um, are walking in our walk with Jesus, it is an active faith. And so, um, oh, just to say, well, I've never stolen anything. Well, that's just that's not that's not all there is. I, you know, what have you done to help your your neighbor and to protect what they have, um, um, to care for what they have. Do you think that this also has implications in, let's say you own a business and you've got workers. Does that, do you think this has implications for how we treat our workers and, and, um, those who, you know, making sure they have livable wages and all this kind of stuff. Do you think that this kind of, this, you know, do not steal has implications on that type of stuff as well? I think you need to read what uh Wesley's notes that you uh, we, that you shared with us. Um yeah. or I can. Um it doesn't matter. Um <laughs> but he's got some he's got some notes on uh thou shall not steal. You want to read it, Brett? Yeah, sure. Okay. Uh, so this is uh Wesley's notes on that. He says um on this passage he says this command forbids us to rob ourselves of what we have by sinful spending or of the use and comfort of it by sinful sparing. And to rob others by invading our neighbor's rights, taking his goods or house, 
or field forcibly or clandestinely, which is a great word, by the way, yes. overreaching in bargains, not restoring what is borrowed or found, withholding just debts, uh, rents or wages, and which is worst of all to rob the public in the coin or revenue or that which is dedicated to the service of religion. So I thought I think like withholding just debts, rents, or wages. What, yeah. I think um, I think not paying people what they're due is mm-hmm. um, um, is stealing, right? I mean, you're yeah. if they've worked for it, and uh, and certainly if you've agreed to pay them uh, a certain wage. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't and know if that gets agree- to all of your question. Well, I was going to say, not just a certain wage, but pay them what they're actually worth. But right. that's neither here nor there. The, I mean, it is here nor there, but I'm just saying that um, I, I don't mean to get too political on this, but I've, I've been thinking a lot about this. Like, you know, how do we, if we're a Christian, how do we treat, and we own a business, how do we treat our, bus- our, our workers? How do we treat the people who are around us? I love this too. Would Wesley say that it's our duty to pay taxes? Absolutely. Not to rub the, rob the public in the coin of, or revenue. <laughs> Yeah, oh, the taxes. Goodness. He also says, uh, worst of all is to not pay our taxes, but also not to uh, give for the service of religion. Yeah. So give for your those, yeah. for those of you who are, yeah, withholding your all tithes right, so, for one reason right, or another. So I need to confess. Uh-oh. I need to confess. So, Uh-oh. Jim, actually, when you were mentioning it, I totally like a flashback, like serious, maybe PTSD flashback from when I was younger. Um, so I'm a preacher's kid. I think you guys know that. Um, and, uh, you remember those little plastic churches that you Sunday school classes maybe used to collect coins in. Oh yeah. 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 So we were doing that unless I listen, I was, I was, I was younger than 10. Um, <laughs> I may or may not have taken there. one of those churches home with me after oh, church. Oh man. Yeah, it was really bad. Like that's not good. And I got lit up that's by not my dad. Good. Oh, I, got, I bet I got, you did. Oh yeah, I got in trouble. Oh, it was, I bet it's not did. good because because I don't think I was very good or sly or clandestine uh, <laughs> <laughs> about it. I was and uh, so so then like Wesley's last little note or that which is dedicated to the service of religion. Yeah. Um, like yeah. so there's there's one there's straight up stealing which is what I did and then there's there's um there's withholding yeah. um of 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 our t- of our offerings and our ties but golly okay so i i, I feel i feel better feel better I feel better i've i've shared wow. praise can, the can, lord okay can i can it's i make that value of the band meeting there you oh, go is, oh you have another confession yeah Brett? i've got it i've got but okay. not about moving on yeah <laughs> Care not about the state of your soul. Yeah, fair what enough. If- yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Go ahead. No, um, even as I was asking that question, I j- this is just kind of where we are in the church today and in, in our country and everything. Even as I was asking that question about workers, if you're a business owner, all that, I got a little t- twinge, like a, a, a feeling in my, my gut that do I need to even ask this question? Because I don't want people to associate me with some sort of political party. You know, to say, well, he's liberal Democrat or he's conservative Republican or or whatever. But yet, if the scripture is leading us into this place, why do we get so tied up into those, you know, those kind of political labels or those secular labels? I just, I needed to throw that out there that even in asking that question, I was uncomfortable asking the question um, for public consumption. But yet, that's the very question we need to be asking. 
is why does this matter today? Well, here's the thing. What we realize is that, that following Jesus and obeying the word of God does not necessarily fit into these labels that we've created, uh, Mm -hmm. especially our political labels. Yeah, Um, absolutely. And so there, there will be issues and, um, yeah, there'll be issues that just that weave us in and out of those labels because following Jesus just, just doesn't fit those labels. Yeah. That's good. That's right. There's another story in, uh, from the scripture proofs in Genesis 30. Do you remember the story of Jacob? He's gone over to Laban's land to, um, but he's wants to marry Laban's daughter. And Mm -hmm. so he, he says, I'm going to work for you. If you work for me for this long, I'll give you the hand of my daughter. Now, of course, these are different times. Um, so there's no Jared's and, K jewelers. Um, <laughs> they probably, they probably don't have somebody filming this proposal, but anyway, Jacob works for Laban for a while. And, and it's a weird and hilarious story. Laban tricks him into marrying his older daughter. And then Jacob's like, fine, I'll work for you some more, many yeah. more years. And he ends up, you know, uh, marrying Rachel and they end up continuing in Laban's service. And it pe- appears like Laban's taken advantage of them. Jacob's family. If you read this whole story, it Jacob's getting his just desserts a little bit because he's a tricky guy, but this is what he says in 30, 30, um, 29 and 30. Jacob said to Laban, you know how I have worked for you and how your livestock is fared under my care, which is well, by the way, the little you had before I came has increased greatly. And the Lord has blessed you wherever I have been. But now when may I do something for my own household? Hmm. And so you have, you have this this twin conversation going about how Jacob helped Laban to profit and to gain his wealth. And the catechism, Wesley, the scriptures talk about how we are to be looking out for the well-being of others. There's also the sense that Laban has been stealing, in a sense, from Jacob by not, per, not allowing him um, the furtherance of his estate. Yeah. And so this confrontation is is, a, is one of the more healthy moments that they actually have, illustrating for us that we look out for the well-being and procurement of wealth and things for others, but we also need to do that for ourselves. Yeah, I would I would argue, based on what we've read in our stuff today, if Jacob did not put a stake in the ground and say now it's time for you to stop and I need to go do my own thing that he would be stealing from himself. Mm. Mm. That's a pretty deep uh, concept that's coming out of our uh, catechism in these readings today is that if we're not moving to take care of ourselves, we're actually thieving from ourselves. Well, you could argue that, that, that Laban was doing that was stealing from Jacob. Oh, he was, Um, you know, absolutely. He was stealing from Jacob. Yes. Um, so it's this double-edged sword, but right. Jacob had, hadn't stepped up for justice. He's also thieving himself. Sure, sure. Yeah. And that's something to think about, too. Um, are you robbing yourself? Mm-hmm. I like Wesley says something pretty convicting. He says, uh, sinful spending, or uh, what's the other phrase he uses? Sinful sparing. Yeah. So mm-hmm. yeah. Have you have you ever thought, have you ever looked through your spending and see, how much of my spending might be sinful spending? Oh, yeah, yeah. Now, you don't have to be like, well, uh, I hit the red light district. That's sinful spending. <laughs> um, 
But there's <laughs> does that show up on the statement? By the way, I don't know. Like red in the light down. Yes, 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 yes. That yeah. Okay. Let's move. But on. it's not. It's not just at that degree. It's not just at that degree, right? Yeah. Um, I'll tell you that reading that was convicting for me because over the over the Christmas area uh, season, you know, my family had a lot of stuff going on. We can talk about it another time. So we were kind of homebound for over a month. Mm-hmm. And I got a little lazy and I pulled out my phone and got a mobile game and you can get a little further if you pay a little extra money through these in-app microtransactions. Yeah. And I did a few of them and it was, did nothing good. It was nothing great. Mm-hmm. Got no reward from it. Sinful spending. Yeah. For me. I'm not saying it is for everybody. I think that's something to say. But I would rob I robbed myself and my family of $299, $999 a time or two. Um, that's something to think about. We can rob God. Mm. Let me let me run over and, and talk real quick about Proverbs real quick, and then I'll turn the mic back over to people who you really want to listen to, Brett. <laughs> <laughs> the catechism pulls out a couple of uh, passages from Proverbs that I think are interesting, and I'm just going to read them real quick. Um, you can look at them in the book if you want the references. Uh, one of the verses says, whoever loves pleasure will become poor, and whoever mm-hmm. loves wine and olive oil will never be rich. Now, of course, some people love wine, and I cook with olive oil. That doesn't mean we'll never be rich. It's the concept behind it mm-hmm. that if you are seeking after pleasures— um, and spending your resources in that way, then you won't have the ability to acquire to take care of yourself now in the future mm-hmm. and other things that God might give you stewardship over. Mm-hmm. So there's something there. Um, another comes in uh, chapter 23, a couple of verses here. Do not join those who drink too much wine or gorge themselves on meat, for drunkards and gluttons become poor and drowsiness clothes them in rags. It's talking about the need that we have that that we might be robbing ourselves and possibly others around us by not stepping up to do responsible things for um, making our way in the world and caring for ourselves with resources. Yeah. Um, there's one one more. I'm gonna pick up one more. Twenty-eight nineteen. Twenty-eight nineteen. I've got a paper Bible. It takes me a second. Those who work their land will have abundant food, but those who chase fantasies will have their fill of poverty. Mm. It's the idea that we are responsible for ourselves um, and our well-being. That just doesn't mean we don't get help. Absolutely not. But we rob ourselves and others when we are not doing the work that we need in order to do that. In fact, if we live in such a way where we make, we make ourselves the responsibility of others, then we might be robbing other people too. Ooh. Yeah. Now that's not to say, of course, there are times when we are at the mercy of others. So let's not, I mean, let's be clear about that. That's fine. That's, that's what Christian life is about is people are there to help us. Families there to help us. Um, But I could choose in such a way to be lazy enough Mm. where I require my mama to come and get me all the time and things of that nature. Is that where you would think uh, the term like toxic charity could, uh, come in to um, re- restate how you what you I said. wish I I wish I could. <laughs> you know, I'm just thinking about. It. So there's so there's this idea of we should we should provide and work 
you yeah. know, that if, if we don't, if we don't work, we don't get the wages. I think Paul says that later on. Um, if we are able to work mm-hmm. and we choose to either waste what we receive mm-hmm. or not put forward ourselves to work and get things we need. And I put myself in the, I put others in the position where they have to take care of me then. Mm-hmm then I would be robbing them or, or maybe the state or maybe the community. Yeah. So then I guess what I was, so, and then kind of on the flip side of that could, if you're a, let's say a charity or someone trying to help people out, you know, whatever, there's a, there's a, uh, there's a great book called toxic charity. There's um, also great. There's also a book called when helping hurts. Yeah. Yes, when help- those um, are both good. Yeah. 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 That when show you, notes, show notes, show notes, <laughs> um, that we can enable that too and in enabling um then you're stealing in that because you're not so i know here at st luke uh you, for years and years and years in our outreach we would just give out like uh if someone came in with a power bill we would just pay like 35 dollars to get the power turned back on and then just say kind of you know you've got a 700 bill your power's back on for a month with 35 bucks done and done and we'll see you next month type thing there's really no help other than the immediate your power's on the six hundred dollars seven hundred dollars fifteen hundred dollar bill but it sometimes i mean huge bills were still there and so that person would be back in the next month the next month mm-hmm. so we got a new uh director of that ministry and but we were seeing tons of folks coming in we get a new director of outreach ministry and he takes it and he starts not thinking of efficiency but thinking of effectiveness, like the most effective means of helping people. So he will actually pay a whole bill, a big bill, take care of the whole issue, but then pull, then really get into these people's lives of how did you get to this spot? What are the issues? Are you without a job? Are you without this? But And he will actually walk with people. I know he's walked with a family through two kids going through college. So um, there's, a, there's a sense that uh, just kind of, throwing a wide net out that's effective in um, the, you know, quantity is not as helpful as perhaps maybe the getting into people's lives, kind of the discipleship model, if you will, of charity um, in a sense. So I'm wondering if we just kind of do, if we're hurting more sometimes than we are helping um, by just taking a, this is the easiest route for us to take on helping people. It ta- it speaks to root causes, which you'd hate to use the word systemic at some point, but it's a system in someone's life. Yes, life, absolutely. for example, yeah, yeah. Um, patterns of behaviors that create a system sometimes that cause us to continue to have the same problems. Yeah, um, and those happen at bigger pictures too. I know that it's not popular to say the word systemic today, but there are things that are kind of baked in, and oh, and sometimes those are. Now, I would say, I mean. We, you think about think about that with helping people, but don't think so much that you stop being merciful. Oh, one hundred percent. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, and let me let me um, let me read a passage from Ephesians that's um, it deals with a little bit of this. And so Paul is in Ephesians uh, four is just giving some general instructions for Christian living for how to walk with Jesus, and um, he writes this: anyone who has been stealing. Uh, this is Ephesians 4, 28. Anyone who has been stealing must steal no longer. Thank you, Paul. Very, mm. very profound. Very profound. Um, must steal no longer, but must work, doing something useful with their own hands 
that they may have something to share with those in need. So there's a, he, 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 he ties two things together. He's not stealing, uh, well, a couple of things, not stealing, uh, working instead um, so that you may have something to share with those in need. And so um, I think when we think about wealth and, 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 you know, having more than what we need to survive, that there is an aspect of that, that God has given us those things to help other people. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now, we, as we've just had that discussion about, we do need to, I think, find ways where we are not hurting, we are indeed helping. Um, but ultimately, everything that we have um, beyond what we need to, to survive um, I mean, all, well, all of it is not ours. And mm. so, um, we are stewards of what God has given us. And, um, so our extra, you know, some of that, um, needs to be used to, to help others in need. So, yeah. uh, it's not only don't steal, but it's get to work mm. and it's to use what you, what you obtain to help others. That's right. So, Jim, earlier you were talking about um, the word pleasure and um, taken from Proverbs. You were, mm-hmm. you were talking about pleasures. Now, all ple- like pleasure itself is not a bad thing, I would imagine. No. Like, no, I mean, you know, there is a Christian movement. There were Christian movements of asceticism that would try to rid ourselves of the rid the practitioner of all pleasures, worldly pleasures. Um, but that that really is kind of even outside of what the biblical oh, understanding yeah. was here. Well, in this in this context, I mean, it's really just capturing the idea of kind of that prodigal, lavish yeah. wastefulness um, that doesn't consider the future, doesn't consider your true needs, and doesn't consider the needs right. of others. Right. You know, um, I could I could take all of all of everything I have and sell it and just go on a pleasure cruise, but then my family suffers, my future suffers, other people suffer. Right. You know. Yeah, that's good. That's good. So pleasure uh, pleasure is a good God-given thing. Yes. Wasting your life on pleasures yeah. is, as everything, uh, an overuse of a good thing, which makes it a bad thing. Yeah, very much so. Um, there is one, um, and I'm gonna, I'll put it in the show notes too, um, talking about wealth, the use of wealth. I know that uh, Wesley has some sermons on that, but mm-hmm. he has also a treatise on that. And I'm, I'm trying to—is it On Riches? Is that the name of it? I think it's what it's called. Yeah, on riches, where he um, he talks about this in a in kind of a more prolonged uh, way, um, and so I'm going to put that essay or treatise up on the show notes too. And, yeah, and I really like Wesley's all almost all of. I think I like everything Wesley has to say about money. It's very well thought out, biblical, practical, extremely practical, very practical, and really kind of middle of the road in the sense that he is just saying be responsible from a mm-hmm. Christian point of view. In my mm-hmm my reading of it. So that's good stuff. Man, who would have thought we, I mean, one of the things I love about the, the, these commandments and the way that the um, catechism takes us in discussing this, and and we've already talked about this, but you can just start seeing how uh, that these really do matter. I mean, one of the questions that I write down in our outline every time with these is does like for this, why does the eighth commandment matter today? Well, as you can see, we, we think that 
we believe that it really does matter, still matters in in a lot of areas. It's not. It's more than just going and stealing those pongs, right, or pogs or whatever they're called. They're called <laughs> pogs. If you would pogs. have been listening, pogs, pongs. I don't know what's going on. Anyway, pogs. So um, it's more than just doing that. There's. It's. This is really kind of a life ethic. That's behind all this, um, mm-hmm. an ethic, a Christian ethic, a, a, a holiness ethic that's behind behind this. And, um, you know, one of the things when we, we look at catechism itself, any of the historical catechisms really tend to at least present themselves as being intellectually heavy. Questions, answers, doctrines, dogmas, these type of things that tend to be head things. But really... Catechisms historically have not just been about the head; it's been about the heart. It's been about it's it's also been about the heart, about the the effect that it would have on our lives, on how we live our lives, what we do. A proper catechism doesn't just say here's the right beliefs, but it does also they it also has here's right practices for your life. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that these Ten Commandments and these discussions on the Ten Commandments show that. I'm going to tell you all, I wasn't looking forward to the Ten Commandments section of this because I was like, oh, Ten Commandments. Yeah. Obvious. What is there to talk about? But um, it's really been it's really been wonderful to see this approach. Yeah. So let me see if I summarize this commandment real quick because I got to hear Brett's story. I've been itching, itching <laughs> the entire episode. So we are to be the kind of people mm-hmm. who are thankful to God that he has given us anything that we have. We are to steward it well to take care of ourselves and to take care of other people. We are to steward ourselves well enough that we look out for ourselves. We also make sure that we look out for the well-being and material good of our neighbor. Absolutely. Close? I think, I think that's a great summary. I could probably summarize it more succinctly, yeah. but I'm not going to try it. No, I think, I think you did well. All right. All right. Here Come we on. go. So, uh, a while back, we were trying to get more uh, ratings and reviews on iTunes, so I threw out a challenge. And the challenge was we get the 40 five-star reviews and um, and ratings, and um, I would tell this story I'm about to tell. We get to 45, and Jim would tell his story about the time he met Patrick Stewart, Um, I guess in Scotland or wherever he was where he met Patrick Stewart. I think it's still a made-up story. He's looking at me like I'm crazy, but I'm, I'm telling you. And it was he, at the Piggly Wiggly. <laughs> it was at the Ingalls. It was a different Patrick Stewart, apparently. No, just wait. <laughs> You'll find out. Um, and then um, when we hit 50, I was just going to leave it up to Alan because he's a preacher's kid. He's been a part of the church. He's seen and done, apparently, and stole a lot of things in his, <laughs> <laughs> his life as a preacher's Lord, kid. Lord, I confess. <laughs> And so I was going to, we were going to leave it up to him to bring us home with a great story from being a PK. So here we are. We had 41 ratings. I'm going to tell this story um, uh, when I may or may not have been part of an exorcism. So we were, um, um, I was, this was a a few, several years ago, about five years ago, I was the spiritual director for a a Christian retreat weekend called uh, the Walk to Emmaus. A walk to the walk to Emmaus, and some of y'all may know what that is. Um, and it's a Christian renewal weekend, is basically what a walk to Emmaus weekend is. And everybody who comes to an Emmaus is supposed to be a church member, and really, this is a sense of being a renewal uh, time. Well, we we get to the weekend, and we're introducing ourselves. And one of the participants of this weekend uh, stands up, gives his name, and says that he's not a member of the church because that's what. Uh, 
of a church, because that's what you say, I'm from such and such church, or I'm from such and such church. So I look over at our weekend director, and I say, my question literally was, what's he doing here? Like, this is, uh, something's already not not right about this. But anyway, so this guy, um, all weekend long, was very obstinate. He would... Um, uh, he was always wearing his hoodie. He he was very he was an older gentleman, probably in his late fifties, maybe early sixties. He was always wearing his hoodie. And the um, these uh, where we are, we have a, a place where participants can go smoke if they smoke. And so there was a smoking section. So he was always over there, and just he walked with a cane. He was slunched over. Just uh, uh, you could. I mean, it was almost like you could. There was something weighing down on him, and he was very um, combative. Um, I remember I sat next to him at dinner one night, and he said, hey, uh, you're a preacher, right? And I said, yes, sir. He goes, you get paid to do that? Which is, by the way, the question that all preachers want to hear from somebody, because you know where that's going to go, right? So um, I said, well, I mean, it is my it is my job and it's my vocation. He said, uh, I don't think preachers should get paid. I think you're just stealing. You're just, What are you doing? You should do it on faith. You should be just let God take care of you. I was like, oh, my gosh, what is going on? So anyway, it was and all weekend long. It was just things like that all the time, just not connecting, whatever. Well, we get to um, a special time of prayer on Saturday night, and we're in this little chapel. And um, his table leader uh, looks over at me in this prayer time and asks me to come over to him. And there were these guys just kind of surrounding him praying over him. And he was just in this, he was just kind of locked in, slunched over, angry, mad, just real, just, you. so I sat down next to him and I said, hey man, um, I'm not going to use his name on air, but I said, hey, uh, uh, what's going on with you? And he just said, I, I, just leave me alone. I was like, I was like, no, I'm not going to leave you alone. All weekend long, I've, you've been like this, and I just need to know what in the world is going on with you. He said, uh, he just kept just getting angry and angry and angrier. And so finally, um, I said, I tell you what I'm going to do is I'm just going to pray for you. And he just stopped me right there. He said, you will not pray for me. And I said, look, you don't have to stay here. You can leave if you want but you can't stop me for praying for you, and I'm going to pray for you right here, right now. Um, and so um, I just started praying, and in my kind of just in my spirit, I felt the Lord tell me to um, start just proclaiming Jesus to this guy, just even in the sense of saying, um, get this guy to say the name Jesus. That's, that's just what I felt the Lord tell me. Now, look, in seminary, I took a Doctrine of the Holy Spirit class. I, uh, I read a few books on, you know, different spiritual things. I was not prepared for this. I did not, there wasn't like five steps to deliver somebody from spiritual oppression. Here you go. That was not part of a class that I took. You could write that blog post now, though. No, nah, I could, very much so, very much so. <laughs> so, um, so, I, um, so I, I looked at him, I said, um, I, I said, I uh, used his name. I said, Here, I, I need you to do me a favor. I said, I need you to just repeat the name Jesus with me. So I said, Jesus. And he couldn't do it. He could not do it. He would not do it. So I said, all right, 
what are what is going on? Tell me what's going on. So he started telling me about his kind of childhood, early adult. He had been in a lot of trouble with the law. I'm not convinced that this dude at some point in his life didn't kill somebody. Like, I mean, just the stuff that he was he was laying out all I mean, just just coming out. And then he uh, said uh, and then he said that he hears these voices in his head all the time telling him to go kill himself. Mm. Now, look, I am a big believer in mental health. I'm a big believer in psychological issues. I'm a big believer in the science behind psychological issues. I am not a professional in this, these matters, but so, but in that moment, it just became clear to me that there was something spiritually going on here. Like it, like I I knew something spiritually was going, like there's a clarity of moment for me in this. So I just started praying out loud to him um, you know, and I, I was quoting in my prayers things like John, First uh, John four four. Greater is He that is in you than He that is in the world. Um, these these just really locking into the power of Jesus. And so I said, um, here's what I'm going to do. Do you want? I asked him. I said, Do you want those voices to stop? And he said, Yes. I said, um, I said, I don't know a lot. But I know this, Jesus can help those voices stop. And so he, and I said, if you want those voices to stop, I want you to pray with me this prayer. And so I led him through what would be called like a sinner's prayer, but I led him through this prayer where he um, said, Lord Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God. Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sin. Lord Jesus, like he started being able to, and it got easier for him to say the name of Jesus. And I just said, just say the name of Jesus, say the name of Jesus. And it got easier and easier and easier for him. Now, here's the deal. He didn't start twitching and convulsing. His head didn't spin around. We didn't have pea soup being, you know, spit out everywhere. It was, I didn't see like a a spirit rise out of him and yell at me. There wasn't like this kind of stuff here. What I did see was this guy start crying and breaking down and getting to this point where Jesus became easier for him and easier for him to bring into, like to, to just open up to. And so for 45 minutes, we just prayed. He asked Christ to come into his life, to be the Lord of his life. He asked that the voices would stop. He asked for forgiveness of sin. All of this stuff happened. And we hugged. I told him I loved him. The guys around him told him he loved him. It was powerful. The next morning, I was exhausted, by the way. I mean, <laughs> I was absolutely spent. Oh, I bet. The next morning, we were standing outside the mess hall getting ready for breakfast. And um, I look over, and for the first time all weekend long, this guy has his hoodie off. He's standing up straight. He doesn't have his walker, his cane. Wow. He is singing at the top of his lungs. He is happy. We eat breakfast. He's laughing. He's joyful. The, uh, the, the, on Sunday when we were having our the going home, he, he gave a testimony. A year later, I was at what's called a fourth day gathering 
which is a kind of a reunion of this type of weekend. And this guy's table leader comes over to me. I was the speaker at this uh, fourth day event. He, this t- his table leader comes over to me, says, hey, Brett, I want to introduce you to somebody. So I said, that's great. So I walk over with him to this table, and there are these guys sitting at this table. And he said, hey, Brett, this is, you, you, you see who that is, don't you? And I said, no. He said, that's so-and-so. And I said, you're absolutely kidding me. This guy had put on 50 pounds, which was a good thing for him. He was okay. he was skinny and like almost, he was gaunt. Like it was just, you know, he was healthy. He was happy. He was joyful. He was praising Jesus. Y'all, I don't know. If there was a spirit oppressing him, I don't know what happened that night. What I do know is that Jesus was victorious and Jesus was good. And this dude is still to this day doing good work for the kingdom of God. I mean, he is just proclaiming Jesus everywhere he goes. So, um, yeah, like I said, I don't know what happened that night except for Jesus changed this dude's life right in front of me. I mean, literally, his very presence, like his very... this very presence was changed right in front of my eyes. It's the closest I've ever seen to an actual just flat-out miracle right there um, in front of me, and it was amazing. And still, it gives wow. me it, it, it gives me goosebumps to this day thinking about that. It was amazing. Man, what an awesome story. Yeah. Gosh, if we get that at 40 stars, <laughs> imagine what we're going to get at 45. Nothing. I, I did not perform an exorcism on Patrick Stewart. <laughs> <laughs> I did not baptize Patrick Stewart in in Loch Ness. Is that what happened? <laughs> oh, at any rate, folks, what a, what an awesome God is so good. We we want to thank all of you for being with us. I I want you to know just how excited we are for the opportunity to connect with you. Yeah. So please, we had an opportunity to connect with Brian and have conversation on, on off air and in our episode today. Give us a call. Shoot us an email. Uh, post on our social media. You can also, if you want to, catch up with us at the Spirit and Truth Conference, which will be Mm -hmm. coming up over St. Patrick's Day weekend in March in Dayton, Ohio. Uh, Mm -hmm. We'll be a part of the Spirit and Truth Conference. You can register with us. Tell us where, Brett. Spiritandtruth.life? Yeah, spiritandtruth.life. And And, you can put in the name of our podcast, Podakesis, Mm -hmm. as a promo code to get $20 off your registration. Listen, I think that's going to be a great time, and we're looking forward to seeing you there. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Our next episode, we're going to be doing the uh, talking about uh, the commandment of uh, not bearing false witness, not bearing false witness. So um, that um, some translations will say no lying. So um, that's going to be uh, that's going to be a fun discussion. As always, hit us up on social media. At uh, Podakesis is where you can find us. Our voicemail once again is four zero four six three five six six seven nine, where you can connect with us, or you can leave us an email questions at podakesis.com questions at podakesis.com leave us a five-star rating and review especially now so we can get to 45 so that jim could tell us his amazing story it will be about patrick stewart and kenneth branagh by the way oh FYI. wow he's adding to it he's adding wow. layers layers, layers. <laughs> absolutely as always i'm brett maddox we've I'm got jim and i'm alan go dogs <laughs> Absolutely. Go dogs. Absolutely. And we will talk to y'all later on the Podakesis podcast. Y'all have a good one.